Hey everyone, and welcome to episode six of Theme Park Center. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about all things Galaxy's Edge because it literally just opened this past weekend. If you haven't seen it yet, we did put up a vlog of our most recent trip to Galaxy's Edge. Uh, it's on our YouTube channel right now. If you're listening to the podcast, the link will be in the show notes. Uh, and we'll also put a card up in uh, the YouTube video. So if you're watching the video version of this, uh, you can just click on that card or uh, I'm sure it's a suggested video. But uh, so check out that video. But we're going to be talking about all things Galaxy's Edge. My name is Jonathan Holt and joining me today is Trisha Kennedy. Hey. Welcome back. Thank you. All right. So uh, you've been to Galaxy's Edge now five times. Yes. Which is frustrating. <laughs> Because you got media preview mm -hmm. over in Disneyland, yep. and then uh, pass holder preview over here. But then mm -hmm. you've been like several other yeah. other times for other reasons. Yep. And I have been there a mere once, one time, uh, which was on what, what was it Friday? That we was went? Friday. Yeah. yeah, we went on Friday. Mm -hmm. So the day after uh, the grand opening, uh, and I thought it would be cool while it's still fresh uh, to talk about our experiences and overall thoughts about the land and all that fun stuff. Um, so, yeah, I mean, so let's start it off with, like, because uh, it is Star Wars. Yes. Uh, are you, how big of a Star Wars fan are you? Are you, like, nerd or are you, like, casual fan or do you just, like, not care? I love Star Wars. Oh, yeah? I almost got a BB-8 tattoo. Mm -hmm. So yeah. that, that would have been... Yeah. Okay, so you are you more of, like... Uh, the Disney Star Wars movie type person? No. No, the originals still. Four, five, and six yeah. are definitely my cool. favorites. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, I as well am a hardcore, like, original trilogy person. But I also really do like the prequels. Don't, don't at me. <laughs> but uh, I, I really do enjoy the prequels. Uh, and I've had issues with the, the Disney kind of stuff. But overall... As like a whole, I I enjoy what Disney has done with Star Wars. Uh, I think they've made some rocky, you know, decisions. But I mean, that's a different podcast for a different time. True. Uh, but overall, I really like what they've done. Uh, so, needless to say, I was ridiculously excited for Galaxy's Edge. Yeah. Uh, and un unlike Avatar, it actually opened. At, it did. It, yes. When, uh, that is true. Yeah. yeah. Avatar took them, like, what, six years to build yeah, that or something? Yeah. It was ridiculous. Mm -hmm. uh, Galaxy's Edge was like, yep. we're building it, and two years later it was open. Yeah. Kind of cool. Uh, yeah, and everyone thought they were going to miss the deadlines for it, but they made yeah. it. Well, yeah. Uh, I mean, they kind of missed some of the deadlines. Oh, yeah. But, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, they got it out there. <laughs> yeah, and the, the deadlines that they did miss are uh, the are opening later this yes. year. Or if you're in California, early next year. Yeah, because um, we did it first. Yes. Woo. <laughs> uh, but for those of you wondering, uh, that that deadline that we speak of is uh, the Rise of the Resistance attraction. Uh, Galaxy's Edge has two main rides in it, uh, Smuggler's Run and Rise of the Resistance, but only Smuggler's Run is open right now. And that's the ride where you can ride the Millennium Falcon. Uh, so let's talk about that a little bit. What, yeah. what do you think about that ride? That ride is fun. Yeah, it's people compare it to um, Flight of Passage over yeah. at um, Animal Kingdom. Yeah, I don't In the know. Like, area. Yeah. yeah, 
I don't know. It's, I mean, it's similar, but I do like Smuggler's Run better. Yeah, I, I would compare it more to like if you took Star Tours and Mission Space. Yeah. And combine them. It's more like that, where, you know, it's a group simulator thing where you're in like a spaceship and you did Star Warsy stuff. Mm-hmm. But then you also kind of like fly yeah. the ship and yep. you have something to do, even though like, well, e- even though like Mission to Space or yeah, Mission, m- space. mission space, geez. <laughs> uh, but even though Mission Space, you don't really like control anything. It's kind of like it, it just happens and you can push the button if you want. Uh, what you do or don't do actually does affect the ride to some extent. And uh, we'll talk about this a, a little bit in a second. But uh, I think for the most part, you know, because it is a ride, you have to get from start to finish. Yeah. Uh, if you don't do anything or if you mess it up really bad, uh, it kind of still takes you on a certain path. Uh, and there are certain story beats that I feel like it hits no matter what. Yeah, definitely. Um, but at you know, you if you fly it too low, you will hit the ground. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. if you fly too high, you'll hit what whatever in the sky. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of cool. Yeah, and also because six people can ride at a time, and so if you have like two pilots, two engineers, and then only one gunner, mm-hmm. they will activate the spots. So you're not going to have like a worse ride because you only have one gunner. Hmm. So they take that into account. That's that's pretty cool. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, so six, there's six spots like you said. Uh, hmm. There are two pilots, two engineers, yep. right, and, and two, two gunners. gunners. Um, and you said up until this last time you wrote it, mm-hmm. you've been gunner every single time. I've been gunner every time except for one, and one time I was an engineer. Okay, so you were the engineer yeah. once? Mm-hmm. Uh, so then now that you, so when we went and we wrote it, we were both pilots, which was awesome. Yes. So fun. Uh, but since you have done all three positions, uh, which one's your favorite? And like, are, are they really all a unique experience? I think so. I think, well, engineer and gunner, I feel like, are similar. But pilot definitely is like the most intense one yeah. for sure and the thing about being like engineer or gunner is you can actually kind of take it in a little bit more and like watch the video instead of like when you're pilot you're just kind of like oh my gosh we're gonna die and like you're just like so focused on flying yeah. it like i'm sorry chewy yes, ah, for real. <laughs> so my favorite's definitely pilot but i feel like most people's favorite is pilot yeah one thing i will say though is if you get motion sick they say don't do pilot really yeah they say if you're a gunner because i think it's pilot engineer gunner i think is the order it might be it might be gunner and engineer switched but hmm. um they say if you're in the back you will get less motion sick interesting so yeah so one of the cool things about galaxy's edge is that everything is interactive mm. uh meaning if you choose to, you can actually be a part of the story that Galaxy's Edge is telling, uh, and you can interact with that story. Um, so if you watch the, the vlog, I show a little bit of us messing around with the Disney Play app. I didn't show a whole lot, because uh, I want to do like a whole vlog just specifically dedicated to that. Uh, but if you download the Disney Play app, there's actually a lot that you can do with that app to interact with the land. Uh, for example, and I'll tie this all into Smuggler's Run in a second, but uh, 
for example, you know, if you pull up the, the app, there's different missions that you can select, and uh, they'll send you on missions for the First Order or for the Resistance, whichever one you choose, uh, to go around the, the land and do different tasks and uh, tell people certain information and all that stuff. And then there's also, like, a game where you can, uh, they call it slicing, but it, it's basically hacking. You can go up to different control panels in the land that are on the different buildings, and you can hack into those control panels and set them to be, uh, you know, gathering intel for the resistance or for the first order. And it's kind of like this cool game because, uh, you know, obviously there's other people that are running around doing the same thing, and some of them might be first order, some of them might be resistance, so it's like this cool back and forth thing. And you can also, another part of the app is uh, you can translate stuff. So everything, for the most part, everything is written in Arabesh, which is the Star Wars language. You know, it's like the alien language that they use in Star Wars. So all the signs are in Arabesh. A lot of the lettering on the costumes are in Arabesh. Uh, things that are labeled on crates are in Arabesh. And everything actually makes sense for Ar like the Arabesh language. So you can pull up that app and, you know, type it in or, you know, look for different things that are in your area, and it'll actually translate whatever you're seeing into English for you. So you can read what everything is. It's really cool. And you can, like, scan shipping containers to see what's inside of them, and you can store the, the items. And it's really cool just how much you can do in this app. Uh, and everything you do earns you credits, Uh Credits, they, you can't use it for, like, monetary value, but there are uses for it within the app, so you can, like, upgrade things, and uh, it's, like, an interesting little game. But bringing it back to Smuggler's Run, I don't know how they did it. Maybe it was, like, I yeah, I don't know how they did it. Maybe they connected to my phone via Bluetooth or something, kind of sketchy, crazy stuff like that. I don't know. But uh, after Smuggler's Run... I pulled up the app because I wanted to, you know, play some games, and we were in the cantina, and I thought, you know, like, I wanted to translate some of the words, see what they were saying, and I pull it up, and it's like, oh, you have, you know, two and a half thousand credits deposited by Hondo Anaka for uh, the Smuggler's Run ride, and, it was, and I was like, oh, well, that's kind of cool. Uh, so that's another interesting thing. The ride, like depending on how well you do or how bad you do, uh, can reflect inside of this app, and it'll store all this data. And apparently, I mean, it didn't happen to us, but apparently if you go into, like, the cantina, the bartenders will be like, oh, we've heard about you. You might want to, like, keep your head low. Or if you do really well, it's like, oh, man, I heard, you know, how well you did on the smuggler's run. That's awesome. Like, good job flying... Millennium Falcon, uh, that kind of stuff, which is really cool just how interactive this land can be if you choose to take part in that. Of course, if you're not a huge Star Wars fan, you just want to go in and ride the ride and have fun and then leave, you can totally do that too. But for someone who's a huge Star Wars fan, I think just that little bit of interactivity brings the land to a whole new level. And for a land... because like, you know, it is just a theme park land. You can totally explore the entire thing in, like, 30 minutes. It's not like it's a whole park. You know, it's just a land inside of a park. 
but the app easily takes that land from a 30 minute to an hour experience where it's like you walk around, you see all the stuff and okay, cool, cool. Uh, it takes it from like a 30 minute to an hour experience and makes it, you know, like an all day experience. I easily could have spent all day in that land just messing around with the app and going on little adventures and missions and all that stuff. Uh, so if you're a Star Wars fan and you want to spend all day there, there is so much more to do there than just the ride. Uh, sorry, I, I know I was talking for really long, but like, so you unfortunately didn't get the play app to download. Yeah. But you kind of like went on some of these missions with yeah, me. Yeah, I was watching, yeah. Yeah, what, what were your thoughts on that? Like, I know you said they didn't have that available in Disneyland at the time that yeah, you were there it just it wasn't working or something i don't know if it was my phone or what oh but okay uh so that was pretty much like you were experiencing all that stuff yes. for the first time yeah. with me mm-hmm. uh yeah i didn't really know much about it so it was pretty cool mm-hmm. see like the different missions and all that yeah is that something that like you would do like if you were just there on your own or something uh is that something that you would find yourself doing or do you think that's like oh that's a cute idea and then like forget about it i think i would do it yeah yeah hmm. i think it's fun for people who are the huge star wars fans because they get to kind of become more like in the whole world and really be on batu and stuff like that yeah well i just think it's such a cool and innovative idea for a theme park you yeah. know like you don't really have that in other lands like i love the Harry Potter areas inside of Universal. But at the end of the day, it really is just a Harry Potter land. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. like you can go to Hogsmeade and shop in some of the stores and then go ride beer. the ride, get a butter <laughs> beer. But th- that's really it. You know, there's not like this grand story that's being told. Mm. And that's what I think Galaxy's Edge really focuses in on yeah. is we're actually, we're not just you know, giving you a ride or giving you an experience. Mm -hmm. We're actually telling a story with it too. And if you want to, you can take part in that story Mm -hmm. too. I think that's really cool. And I hope that as the years go on, they continue to develop that Mm -hmm. side of the thing. Definitely. Because that's something that the land can forever, you know, be changing and evolving as the movies do and all that uh, through this app. I think it's a really cool idea. And I really hope that they keep up with that yeah but yeah another one of the the things that i just really enjoy about the app uh is that it's something free that you can do in the land you know like a lot of the things and the some of the biggest complaints about galaxy's edge that we've heard so far is that it's basically like a, a surplus charge for everything you know it's you buy your ticket and you're there and you have one ride but if you want to do anything else you have to pay extra for it. And I can tell you firsthand experience, Galaxy's Edge is not cheap. Like, I seriously, like, go watch our vlog. We ended up eating at Docking Bay 7, uh, which is one of the main restaurants there. And for a small little piece of chicken with a little bit of potatoes, it was like almost $17. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's absolutely ridiculous. Uh, like it, Like, I get it. It's a theme park. But for okay food, that's a really small portion. Yeah. That was a lot of yeah. money. Mm-hmm. Um, Mine was expensive, too. 
Yeah, yeah, I had the vegan one that it's like three meatballs, a little bit of hummus, and pita bread. Yeah. And it was also like almost $17. Yeah, but you said you actually left pretty full yeah. from that. It was pretty full yeah. filling, yeah. I remember I left Docking Bay 7, and I thought the food was unique, and it was overall it was pretty good. But I remember leaving not satisfied. Like, I wasn't full. Like, I wasn't remotely, like, even halfway full. Like, I was like, I could eat three more of those. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so I I think, you know, regarding just the food there, uh, I, I don't know, just get the biggest portion you can. Yeah. Because, like, really, like, if you're paying basically $17 or something, I should be leaving full. Yeah. You know, especially... Mm-hmm when you can go other places in the theme park and eat something that is cheaper and more filling. I don't know. That's just, but I get it. It's galaxy's edge. It's brand new. It's the, it's the big thing that they've been spending all their money on. Of course it's going to be expensive, but uh, yeah, let's talk a little bit about some of the other experiences in the land. Uh, What, what were some standouts to you? Like, uh, Obviously, we didn't get to do everything, and we will be back to do the stuff that we haven't done, uh, but, you know, there's so much to do, so little time. Yes. We didn't get, <laughs> you know, we didn't get to do everything, but what were some of the experiences that really stood out to you? So, I know you haven't tried this yet, but Blue Milk is, it's funny, like, people either love it or hate it, yeah. it seems to be. And well, it seems like people like one, or they like the other. yeah. Yeah. yeah, I like the blue the best. Yeah. And then the green, eh. People like it best, or a lot of people like it if you mix it. I tried that. I still don't know. I just, I like the blue. Yeah. I don't know. I'm team blue on that. I don't know. Okay, so, and what's the deal with, uh, with, like, the, like, so, in Harry Potter, Butterbeer, you can get it liquid, you can get it frozen, you can get it hot, like, you can get a few different ways. What's the situation with uh, the milk stuff? Uh, is it all frozen? Yeah. Or yep, it's so, all all frozen, and then you can also get one with alcohol. Okay, but there's not like a liquid version. Nope. It's like a slushy. Yeah, that, that's kind of strange. I because in Star Wars you never see milk frozen. Yeah, it's always like just liquid normal milk. Even though if you wait like ten minutes, then it'll just be. Liquid. Yeah, but that's no fun. <laughs> yeah, that's if, true. If I'm paying for a slushy, I want to drink it like a slushy. <laughs> actually, when I had it one time, it I tried to like spread it out. And then it got really warm, and it was really disgusting Ugh. warm. It, it was horrible warm. Jeez. So don't make that mistake. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, it's just kind of pricey. Yeah, it's, it is pricey. Yeah. Um, but I think they, at least I saw that if you go in the cantina, you can get a non-alcoholic uh, blue milk that is still, like, decorated with all the stuff. Mm-hmm. I forget what they called it. Uh, yeah. I know that they put a cookie on top of it. Yeah, there's there's basically, like, I think it's, like, whipped cream, some... yeah. They might be like some chocolate shavings or something like that. And then they put a cookie on top of it. Yeah. Uh, Which they were out of the cookie when we were there. So sad. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so we also got to stop by Ogus Cantina, which, so they have a 45 minute limit on it right now, just because that is one of the things that does have a line uh, to get in. Overall, Galaxy's Edge wasn't too busy. So if you're afraid of crowds, don't be too afraid to go. Uh, you know, 
you it's not like super crowded to the point where you feel claustrophobic trying to walk through everything uh but there are some lines for some things we got like so for the food like we got into docking bay seven without having to wait uh we got or we walked past ronto roasters and it was just a normal line like there wasn't a you know, a 30 minute wait or whatever to get Toronto roasters. Uh, there wasn't a huge line for the milk stand either. I mean, there was a little bit of a line, but that sort of stuff, there wasn't really a line, but there was a line for uh, doc Ondors, uh, and Savi's workshop. Yes. Yep. As well as, uh, 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 the uh, droid depot. The droid depot. Yeah. Uh, but with the cantina, like, I feel like I could spend all day in there, especially with DJ Rex. Yes. Like we just stood there for oh like maybe 15 minutes just watching DJ Rex. Yeah. Uh, so DJ Rex, if you don't remember, was the original pilot for Star Tours. Now they have C-3PO as the pilot. Uh, but as a homage to that and to, you know, just recognize the original Star Wars attraction, uh, they put DJ Rex as, or they put Rex, the droid, as a DJ inside the cantina which is hilarious and awesome and he has a ton of jokes and uh throws shade at a ton of different people it's really funny uh but wow the music is actually really jamming inside of there yeah and like the bartenders were singing along and dancing and everything it was it was like an actual it felt like an actual like what a cantina would have really been if you lived inside the star wars Mm -hmm. universe uh, that was one of the coolest ex- experiences for me out of all of Galaxy's Edge. I really enjoyed that. Uh, but we, we did get, unfortunately, we weren't able to try any of the drinks. Uh, but we did try, they had like a jello thing. Yeah. Uh, oh, man, we totally should have written the name yeah, of that down. Uh, 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 but while Trisha's trying to find that, take your time, by the way, no rush. <laughs> Uh, I feel so rushed. But it was like basically a like Jello with vodka. It was like a Jello shot, pretty much. But it was in like a petri dish looking thing, and it had uh, what are they? Boba balls or whatever they're called. Uh, the small little balls made it look like fish eggs or whatever, and they had like pop rocks and stuff on it. Sounds very strange, but it was actually really good. It was basically like a sour green apple kind of Jello. But I mean. Yeah, everything in the cantina was actually pretty expensive. Like, the cheapest alcoholic drink they had was like $16.5 or something. And the drinks went all the way up to $45 for one drink. Ah, we found it. Okay, it's called the Rodian Ration. Uh, They have something... So I don't know if this is Disneyland's, but we're just looking it up. uh, And And Disneyland... Or I think it's Disneyland because I didn't see this in the Disney World version. Uh, but I have something called Oga's Obsession. I could be wrong, so don't take my word for it. You can look it up. <laughs> but uh, there's one called Oga's Obsession, which is very similar, except it has it looks like it's cotton candy and blueberry uh, flavored. But the one we had was called uh, the Rodian Ration, which was like a green apple kind of thing with Tito's vodka. It was actually pretty dang good. Uh, totally, it was borderline non-alcoholic at all. Like, I didn't even taste the vodka, and I pretty much, all I had to eat that day 
was that tiny little meal from <laughs> Docking Bay 7. So if there was any alcohol in it, I would have felt it because I was going on, like, no food. Uh, nothing. So uh, probably not the best if, uh, you know, you really actually want to, like, get some alcohol going, you know. Uh, I would probably say there, there's other things to spend your money yeah. on. Uh, but it tasted really good. Yeah. So good. if you want just, like, a nice little treat, Definitely, I, I would recommend the Rodian ration. Uh, but anyways, um, yeah, what do what, you think about Ogus Cantina? I love it. I could have spent all day in there, too. Like, yeah. it's just, it was so cool. Just, like, I don't know, the atmosphere. You really felt like you are in Star Wars. Yeah. It's like you were wondering, like, who was about to walk in that door. Mm-hmm. It was just, it was amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and honestly, I, I think, so... Star Wars, well, Lucasfilm put out a bunch of Star Wars books uh, about Galaxy's Edge, and there's one that is just titled Galaxy's Edge Black Spire Outpost. Uh, that's the name of it. And I've been reading it, and Oga seems to be like one of the most interesting characters that is in that book. So being able to learn a little bit about uh, the characters that own these shops and everything is really interesting. So if you're into the books... I actually would recommend uh, that book if you're interested in visiting Galaxy's Edge. But yeah, one of the... Uh, so, real quick, we'll, we'll just run down the stuff that we haven't tried yet. Uh, unfortunately, we didn't get to Ronto Roasters, but I definitely do plan on trying that next time I'm there. Uh, that looked really good. Basically, that's the that's the place that uh, the guy's cooking all the meat with a pod racing engine. Uh, I'm sure you guys have seen pictures of mm. it. Uh, but that was, uh, it. like, the theming is really cool. It's not necessarily, like, a restaurant, like a sit-down kind of restaurant. It's more of, like, a tape, like a counter service thing. Um, quick service, but not indoors. So it's, like, it's all outdoors, and uh, but it's in shade, you know? It's, like, there's a building around it. It's just, it's not AC and all that. Uh, it's, like, an open-air building, <laughs> uh, whatever you would want to call it. Uh, you go up, get your food, and then there's, like, some tables outside in the shade. Um, so uh, we were kind of sunned out at that point. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we were like, AC, please. Yes. So we decided to go to Docking Bay 7. But next time I'm there, I'm definitely doing Ronto Roasters because it smelled amazing. <laughs> uh, and it looked really good, too. Uh, I haven't tried the milk. Uh, but, of course, we just yes. heard... Trish's review. Yes. I, I'm really excited to try the blue milk, though. Yeah, that's uh, good. Yeah, so I'll probably try that next time. Uh, neither of us have done the lightsaber, which is at Savi's workshop. The lightsaber co- costs about 200 bucks, and I, I, I probably, I'll probably cave and do it sometime soon, <laughs> but I just couldn't spare that that cash <laughs> right now, so we didn't do it. And there was a huge line. Yeah. So, uh, yes, which you can get reservations for that. Yeah. So you don't have to wait in that line. Yeah. Along with the cantina and the droid depot, you can mm-hmm. get reservations uh, ahead of time. So if you if you don't want to wait in all the long lines, check out reservations before you go, and you could probably get one. Um, but I haven't tried the droid depot, but you have. Yes, I have. Uh, talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So I went on opening day. Because I wanted to be guaranteed in, and I was thinking it was probably going to fill up to capacity. Mm-hmm. So we were like, hey. Which it if, didn't. Yeah. <laughs> so just like my mom and I were like, hey, let's go and get a reservation over at Droid Depot. If you had that, you're guaranteed in. Mm-hmm. So that was our theory. And then we ended up not 
needing it to get in, but we still did it anyway. And yeah, it's super fun. You just, you go in and they have like a conveyor belt with like different droid pieces on it. And you can make an R2 unit or a BB unit. And it's just, it's so much fun. Like they have different colors and yeah, you just grab the pieces as they're going Mm -hmm. by, you put them in a basket and then you put it together and then they have this little thing that they put it in and like brings them to life and it's, it's fun. It's about $99. So it's, but honestly, like that's not that bad for for a a remote controlled like droid. Yeah. I've seen droids like that that are more expensive. Yeah. So yeah. A hundred bucks actually isn't that bad, and yeah. you get the experience with it. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so what what all can you do with the droid? Like, I'm assuming, obviously, like, it works at home, too. Mm-hmm. Like, if you want to, like, drive the droid around or yeah. whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can do that. And then also, while you're at Galaxy's Edge, it will actually, like, different places, it will start beeping in different places yeah. and stuff like that. And they put it in this box and I was like walking through the park and somebody kind of like walked into me and hit the box and it started beeping at them. <laughs> <laughs> and so it just like little things like that. That's funny. You can buy like personality chips for them mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So it's a lot of fun. And it's funny cause like everyone kept asking, you know, what did we name it? And we had no ideas and we're just like, I don't know. He doesn't have a name yet. And so my mom and I stopped to get food at one of the places at studios. I'm like, oh, we see that you built a droid. What's his name? And without even thinking, I'm like, his name's Fred. <laughs> and they're just like, oh, BB Fred. I'm like, no, just Fred. So we're actually calling our droid Fred. Oh, nice. So Nice. Yeah, I, I don't know what I would call a droid. <laughs> yeah. I would just call him little droidy. Yeah. Hey, hey droidy, come here. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, that's really cool. So like how... I, I, I don't know, like, if there's, like, what, AI technology or whatever, but, like, how smart is the droid without the, the controller? Like, obviously, you have to use the controller to get it to move around, mm-hmm. but, like, does it respond to voice commands? Does it, like, what, what all does it do? No, it doesn't respond to voice commands. Okay, so it's basically, so. like, just a simple remote control droid mm-hmm. at home, Yeah. and if you bring it to the park, like it'll cl- connect Bluetooth or something yeah. to whatever, and it'll yep. start beeping when it's mm-hmm. in areas. Yep, and like different, like if there's music playing, it will like start beeping specific ways to like music at, in mm-hmm. Galaxy's Edge. Yeah, that's actually pretty cool. Yeah. All right, so uh, I mean that that's kind of like the the rundown. Of course, like we missed a, a few things. Like we didn't really talk too much about Doc Ondor's, uh, and this episode, I know this episode's going to be a little short, but uh, Doc Ondor's is a really cool place if you're a Star Wars nerd. Uh, they have a lot of really interesting things in there, like a lot of cool Easter eggs that you can be like, oh, dang, I know what that's from, uh, that probably like the vast majority of people just go over their head. So if you're a hardcore Star Wars fan, you definitely have to check out Doc Ondor's uh, it's right across the street from Ronto Roasters. So, and Ronto Roasters is like one of the big like centerpieces of the land. So, it's not that hard to find. Um, but yeah, so we stepped in there for just a little bit uh, towards the end of the night, and that was really cool, just being able to explore. Um, but to to end off this episode of the the podcast. Um, I just wanted to hear like your your overall thoughts. Uh, is it everything you expected? Is it everything you've been waiting for? Uh, 
were your expectations met or were they exceeded? Were you kind of disappointed? Like, just tell me everything that you, like, I don't know, just overall thought about the land uh, going into it and then uh, now that you've been there a handful of times. I love it. I really do. It's funny because people are like, oh, aren't you sick of it by now? You've been there like so many times in just a short amount of time. And I'm like, no. Yeah. Way, way, to, way to flex on us with that one. <laughs> yeah. Not bragging. Yeah. But no, I mean, it's, I love it. I really do. It's, I don't know. It's really special. And, you know, if you've been, you know, I've grown up with the movies. So getting to like be in the land and just be a part of all that is something that's really cool. And yeah, it definitely, definitely, I'm really excited for Rise of the Resistance. You know, I'm hoping yes. that's going to be everything they say it's going to be. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I feel like they're just, they're kind of giving you a taste with it right now. And then we're just like the whole land and then they're going to like hit you with Rise of the Resistance. Yeah. And so that that's another good uh, thing to talk about real quick. So if you are a local to Orlando uh, and you're kind of afraid about the, the crowds and you're like, ah, maybe I'll wait a year or whatever to let it cool down. Um, Honestly, right now is the perfect time to go. If you have a pass uh, and you're, you've just been afraid of the, the crowds, don't be afraid. Go. Because uh, e- even if the line for uh, Smuggler's Run is too long, uh, right now it's averaging probably about 90, 95 minutes on, uh, throughout the day. But it does, obviously it goes up a little bit, but you can also uh, find it a little less than that. I, when we went, we waited about an hour, which yeah, isn't bad. Yeah. Uh, but go right now because pretty much all the tourists are either also afraid of the lines. So they're waiting or they're just waiting for rise of the resistance to open. Cause, uh, you know, why book a trip to go see the land when only half the attractions yeah, are open. Exactly. So, uh, pretty much everyone seems to be waiting until December to come. So if you're a local, come out, see the land right now before it gets really, really mm. uh, cramped. Yep. Because I feel like as soon as December 5th hits, uh, it's game over. Yeah. It's like no, that is when all the crowds are going to be there. Mm-hmm. And in Disneyland, what is it, like uh, January 20th or something yeah, like something that? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah it, it's something like that. Uh, when that date hits, that land is going to be ridiculously packed. Mm-hmm. Uh, because really right now... All there is to do is like one ride that has has had you know mixed reviews, and then spend a whole lot of money on other stuff. So it's either like you know spend money or don't go. And a lot of people, uh, yeah, just a lot of people have had mixed reviews because of that. Uh, but as soon as Rise of the Resistance opens, uh, that's going to be a huge, huge attraction. Like, uh, this, everyone's saying that, you know, the scale of Smuggler's Run is kind of small. And I would agree, it is a small scale ride, you know? Like, mm-hmm. oh, you go in, you sit in the cockpit, and you fly it, and then you're done. Yeah. Uh, there's not a whole bunch of, like, there's not a lot of grandeur to that ride. Yeah. But uh, it, it was never designed to be that main attraction. Mm-hmm. Rise of the Resistance has always been the flagship attraction mm-hmm. for this land. Yep. Uh, and... Smuggler's Run, with it being the only ride open, it was only an intended to be, you know, the, uh, you know, the the second half of that land. Uh, but right now, it's the only half that we have. So when Rise of the Resistance opens, oh man, it's gonna it's gonna be crazy. So 
everyone who can go right now, go yes. right now. I agree. And I, I mean, even if you don't want to ride Smuggler's Run, experiencing the land is amazing. Yeah. And the really, you should watch the the vlog that we put out. Again, the links are going to be everywhere. So, uh, show notes, description, it's there. But Galaxy's Edge opening has had a huge effect on Hollywood Studios. Pretty much everything uh, got down to about 15 minutes throughout the park at one point yeah. in, in time, uh, except for Slinky Dog. Slinky Dog stayed around 45, 50 yes. minutes pretty much all day. Mm -hmm. But other than that ride, everything else got down to around 15 minutes at some point in time. Mm -hmm. uh, so at least go for that alone. You get to experience the rest of the park. Uh, you know, Tower of Terror got down to 13 minutes. Uh, and that ride, like, you you never be able to ride that ride uh, mm -hmm. less than 45 yeah. on a normal day. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, it's definitely worth the experience yeah. oh, to agree. go now. Definitely. But, yeah, overall, I actually really enjoyed this land. I said it in the vlog, and I'll say it here. Uh, I kind of went in with tempered expectations because... One, well, because, you know, the, the Disney Star Wars brand, as of late, has been a little underwhelming to me. Uh, and especially when they go and throw, like, the, the word canon at a theme park land, to me, it puts it in a, like, a higher tier. Like, I, you hold it to a higher standard at mm -hmm. that point. Because now you're you're not just saying it's a cool Star Wars themed land. Now you're saying everything that is in this land is actually canon within the Star Wars universe that you know, uh, and that's a tall order to hit. Yeah, for sure. So I tried my best to like temper my expectations going into the land, and I would say that this land has met my expectations, if not exceeded it. Mm. I, I really, really had a lot of fun in this land. But of course, you know, at the end of the day, it is a theme park. You do have to have those tempered expectations, you <laughs> yes. know? Yeah. Like, you know, the, like, these are questions that I have that I will eventually <laughs> ask someone. But like, uh, the Millennium Falcon only has four seats. Why are there six mm -hmm. in the theme park attraction? Like, yeah. I just don't get it. Why are the gunners in the cockpit and not like... They, they had the staircase that go up and down. Yeah. You know, like it's episode four. Mm. The first, one of the first things you see in the Millennium Falcon is the guns. Yep. yep. And they're not in the cockpit. Mm -hmm. Why are they in this attraction? Yep. Like, these are the questions that I have. And I don't know, maybe the Millennium Falcon will show up in episode nine and like the guns will have been moved into the, <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Maybe it will be explained. Maybe it won't. I will find answers somehow. Yes. But it's like some question. I have just have some questions like that. And like I brought it up while we were there just because it's like, wait a second. You know, like it doesn't really mean a whole lot for the overall storyline. But, you know, like the small plot holes of like uh, at Doc Ondor's, they have a wall of uh, holocrons, both Jedi and Sith. And if you're talking canon, you know that Kylo Ren is obsessed with Sith artifacts and collecting all that stuff because that's what the Empire did. And he's a huge fanatic of what the Empire was. So because of that, he's been collecting all these artifacts, and one of those artifacts is holocrons. And if Kylo Ren is just outside that door, <laughs> and everyone knows that this is the place you go yeah. when you want holocron or hol holocrons, 
uh, then why has he not ransacked this place yet? You know, like, I, I don't get it. These are like, and so that's what I'm saying when it's like, once you say that this place is canon, it kind of like gets held to a higher standard. Uh, so that's why I had my expectations tempered a little bit. And at the end of the day, you have to understand it is a theme park. Uh, and when, when I have questions like that, it's more of like a joking, like, haha, you know, like why, but you know, it's, it's a theme park. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> um, but overall I had a lot of fun. I can't wait to go back. And honestly, I'm serious. If you're going download the Disney play app first, because I think that completely changed my opinion of the land. As soon as I started using it at first, I was kind of like, Oh, that, that, that's it. You know, because yeah. Yeah. when they were advertising it, they made it look massive. Yeah. Uh, and it's and, really not that big. Yeah, it's really not no. that big. Uh, like I said, you can explore pretty much all of it within 30 minutes. Yeah. Like, I definitely. went in expecting, like, oh, there's going to be all these, like, nooks and crannies where you can just go and explore, like, all these cool different areas. And it's it's yes, but no. Mm-hmm. You know, like, yeah. there's not a whole lot to explore, but there's a whole lot of uh, interactive elements of the land that get you exploring and get you doing these different things to interact. So seriously, I, I would, I would almost not recommend going to this land if you aren't going to use (laughs) the play app because it's literally a completely different experience. It is. You know, if you use the play app and you are actually invested in that and you're like, Oh yeah, let's do this. You're going to have so much fun. Uh, where, if you go without it, it's literally just a tourist trap mm-hmm. of like, hey, buy a lightsaber. Yeah. Hey, buy, yeah. pay $20 for a tiny portion mm-hmm. meal. You yeah. know, like, it's it's a lot of money. Hey, spend $100 on a droid. And if you're a family, you can't just get one droid. You can't just get <laughs> one lightsaber. Yeah. You're going to have to get one yeah. for the entire family, you uh-huh. know, like one for each person. So it's a lot of money. Uh, but if you have the Play app and you, and you can actually, like, have more than one person involved in your party. I think there's like games that like hold up to five members. Um, and you can connect the d- different apps and all that. Um, if you get invested in some of that and go on these missions, it's a game changer. It's a completely different experience. So seriously, if you go, get the app. <laughs> but anyways, Rise of the Resistance, like we said, is still yet to open. Yes. So of course, there's gonna be a ton of news that is going to be coming out on that attraction mm-hmm. soon. Yep. Uh, they've been having press events about it. We know that for sure because uh, Trisha's media company got invited yes. to those. But I didn't get to go. She did not get to go, though. Sad face. Yes. Uh, I am so sorry for you that you <laughs> didn't get to go see Rise of the Resistance for everyone I know. else. It's sad. Uh, <laughs> it's a sad day. Uh, but for real, as soon as uh, the, the news starts coming out, we will talk about it. Mm-hmm. So be sure to subscribe to our feed, our channel, whatever it may be. Like, comment, do all that fun stuff. If you're on YouTube, subscribe, leave a review. You know the routine. Uh, if you're on podcasts, you can find us pretty much any podcasting app that you choose. Uh, so be sure to follow us wherever you choose to do so. Uh, but that that's going to be it for episode six of theme park center thanks for joining us on this conversation about galaxy's edge our uh, experiences our thoughts and uh yeah that's going to do it for us uh where can people find you so i do a lot with disney dining 
So we're on Instagram, Facebook, all that fun stuff. DisneyDining.com as well. Cool. And that'll be linked in the show notes and the description, of course, so you can find all of her work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my name is Jonathan Holt, and you can find me on uh, Instagram is probably the best place to find me. Uh, it's at JohnHolt96. Uh, of course, that'll be in, description, in the description and show notes as well. Uh, and you can find me on YouTube as well. I have a personal channel. I talk all things filmmaking and uh, that sort of stuff. So if you're interested in filmmaking, photography, learning how to do it, and uh, all that cool, fun stuff, uh, you can follow me at just Jonathan Holt on YouTube. Of course, that'll be linked as well. Uh, but that is it for episode six of Theme Park Center. Again, thank you so much for tuning in, and we will see you in the next one. Peace. Bye.